We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. I just want to make an impact, a positive impact, on as many people as possible. You gotta want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. When you're down, you might feel like you want to give up. Don't stop. Keep moving. Keep breathing. There's a war on consciousness in our society. There is an awakeness, an awareness that sees it all. And it's in you too. It's in all of us. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. This is the G and Coletti Show. Let's begin. On this episode of the G and Coletti Show, we interview strongman and YouTube superstar Elliot Hulse. He has become one of the most recognizable people on YouTube, especially in the realm of health and fitness. But Elliot is not the guy to be pigeonholed as a stereotypical meathead. One of his most famous lines are that the body is the mind, and he has tons of videos explaining the mind and body connection. From a life of making up to 30 videos a week and putting out a ton of content, he just disappeared out of nowhere like a ghost, without warning or reason. After almost a year hiatus, he's returned with a fresh perspective on life and even more knowledge to share. I think we can both relate to Elliot Hulse in this perspective. You know, I've done a lot of soul searching myself, and I know you've gone through your own times of despair and searching, trying to find yourself. And I think it's really amazing that he's coming back from this hiatus and sharing his experiences and putting himself out there. You know, some of his followers think he went cuckoo and nuts, and others probably see him as an awakened or maybe even enlightened individual. But more than that, I personally love the idea that the stars of the future, they don't need to go through Hollywood, but rather they can build a grassroots following online and just be straight up and real with their followers, like what Elliot Hulse is doing. Now, after my accident, I turned to the internet for answers. Yeah, that's right. The internet can be used for answers and not just to kill time. And while on this journey, I came across Elliot Hulse and I was looking for workout routines to help me with my recovery and people that had more open and conscious views. And I was surprised, very surprised to find both in one person. Elliot had deep insights into human behavior and his videos answered questions from building self-confidence to why you should quit your job. He talks a lot about intuition and finding the answers to your questions in your gut instead of your mind. This really resonated with me as the doctors told me that I basically had one year to heal and whatever progress I made by the one year mark is where I would be more or less for the rest of my life. This meant that I had to make some risky decisions and I could not afford not to be right. I had to listen to my gut rather than my logic and reasoning. And in retrospect, it was a good move. I was incredibly excited to interview Elliot after all I've been through. And I was really interested to get his insights and what he could teach me. And he did not disappoint. You climb the ladder and as you get to the top of the ladder, you begin to recognize that it's on the wrong wall. When you're hit with the calamity, when you're hit with the depression, when you're hit with the seven bullets that take you down, it is basically God or the universe saying, you're on the wrong wall, bro. I know you've been crushing it. I know you've been doing hard work. I know whatever it is. I mean, I know you and I were in different businesses, but the sentiment was the same. I'm doing the best that I can. I have a family. I'm doing everything that I can to take care of my family. I'm a warrior. I'm hardworking. People like the work that I'm doing. You know, my customers are being treated well. But when all that is done and it isn't in alignment with your yourself, your, your integrity, your trueness. It doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if you're following all the rules. It doesn't matter uh, what the result is because ultimately you're on the wrong ladder. You're in the wrong wall and, and you're going to be knocked down. It is inevitable. See, you, you got it. You got a pretty big wake up call. 
right? You got to. It was basically like you can't not know this now. It's like you, you you have to do something different. That's great. When when shit like that happens, especially since you're here to to do the work that you're doing now afterwards, I say congratulations, bro. Congratulations for that disaster, because it sets you on. It sets you back into alignment with your truth. So that you could set down the work you were doing and pick up what you were supposed to be doing. So for me, it's a little different in that I was doing good work, but it wasn't the right work and it wasn't being done in the right way. So when I got a sense that I need to stop, it, it, was, it was my body talking, it was my intuition and my heart saying, something ain't right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take the bullets, but I took a few hits and I had to sit down and say, whoa, wait a second. Um, is this true where I'm going? Is this right? And I've needed to create space. You, you got the space in the hospital bed. I got the space in this office that I had to remove myself out of my gym and in order to, to, to take time to meditate, in order to, to, to come back into accordance and alignment with my truth. So for this interview, I probably did a little too much talking than I should have. This is one of the people that I looked to while I was healing and I couldn't resist the opportunity to ask him questions about things that I learned from him and things that I wanted to get his interpretation that I was doing on now. I'm sure that the things you want to learn, most people will find very useful for themselves as well. So, you know, I wanna be so hard on yourself. Well, absolutely, that, that's what guided this, this last little clip. And what I told him was that, you know, I always wanted to make money in my entire life since I was probably, I was the youngest entrepreneur in history. I think I was like six years old and I just always thought that I wanted to make money. And then once I had the opportunity where, let's see, I was about to cross that financial goal, that particular number that I thought would mean that I made it. What is that number? Where did you set your number at? In all honesty, the, the, the actual cash number was a million. Million cash. It was a million. Under your mattress. It was a million. <laughs> For the record, I don't have any of that, but <laughs> that's how the story went. It's funny, but also the opportunity to make like maybe more than a million a year, like that also income. Yeah. And I wanted that type of stability. And I think that million numbers is almost like etched in many people, the millionaire. Who wants to be a millionaire? Everything's about this millionaire lifestyle. All you hear about is that, that, that million dollar number, which... Nowadays, houses, you know, you can't get a house in, in Woodbridge for a million dollars. Yeah. Like, well, I appreciate you. You know, Blame it on the media, not me. I don't feel so bad. It was, <laughs> it was, I was just the victim and I was being brainwashed. But I told him that and I was like, you know, I always thought that that's what I wanted. And once I, I hit that that milestone in life where I got close to it, I actually never hit it. Uh, and, and your whole time, did you ever ask yourself why you wanted a million dollars? Was there ever like, okay, once I get it, why? What am well, I going to do with it? Well, the odd thing in that is, you know, you th everybody wants money because of what money can buy. But as I was making money, I didn't buy anything. I've never been really materialistic. Uh, I've, I've always liked, I've always been somewhat simple. So I told him about that. And he said that, you know, you're just, it was, it was the, it was the work that was the issue. It wasn't the money. It was, it was how I was making it. I would have been more content if I made it in something that I felt fulfilling, like a, a charity I was involved in or something where I was helping people. But to kind of be in the shadows, let's say, and, and, and do something that you have to keep a secret. It was more about how I made the money than how much money I actually made. Well, yeah, and before I started working with CE, I felt the same way, you know, I was fairly successful, but I just felt totally unfulfilled. And I felt like I needed to do something different, something more. And I felt that pull to change. Did you feel any pull when you, when you did you know you felt unfulfilled or just your I, accident I, sort of just ripped you right out of, oh, no, you know? It happened months before the accident. As I, as I knew I was getting closer and closer to this milestone, I kept really questioning things to say, like, like Jesus Christ, I thought I was getting close to it and I don't feel any different. I feel worse, actually. So what does it feel like if someone is unsure right now listening what un unfulfillment feels like? Can you explain it to them? The, the, 
you know, maybe people are saying, wait a minute, maybe I'm un- feel unfulfilled too. Maybe I should make a change. Uh, just, just gray, very gloomy. Yeah, gloomy. It was like uh, there was no inspiration. I wasn't excited at all. I was walking through the motions. Um, there'd be like small victories. There's times where you're happy, like say I just made a deal and I made some money, but it was very short lived. I'm telling you, by the time I got back home, uh, it totally wore off. I'm, I'm there by myself with a bag full of money and wondering what the hell I'm doing with my life and and. Am I the am I the bad guy in this so world? So you used to feel unfulfilled driving in Lamborghinis, and now you feel like you know, no pun intended, but a pig in shit when you're editing podcasts through the wee hours of the night, which is not fun work, but you know you're doing good work, right? Not necessarily fun. If I feel like I'm helping someone, I'm contributing to society. Yeah, absolutely, I feel good. And I think overall, the system that we live in sets people up to feel unfulfilled because. They choose their career solely based on how much money. You know, when you start looking at what you want to get into in high school, the courses you're going to take or in university, you're thinking about the job you're going to get. And what do most people base that on is how much money these type of people make. How much money do doctors and lawyers make? How much money do accountants make? Okay, I can't be an accountant. I don't know the marks for accountant, doctor, lawyer. What's the next echelon? Is it an insurance salesman? You know, and people start basing it on that where it should be you know what do i enjoy doing the most exactly i don't see why someone's skill set can predefine their future just because they're good at math doesn't mean you should be an accountant but because they're good at math they think okay what can i make the most money on you know with this math skill exactly sad but true we come here and we get the challenges that our souls asked for in order for our own progression you know all these experiences that we chalk up as negative or bad or we get down about is purely judgment and it's human ego judgment The fact is that that's what you wanted. That way you can have the experience of cadabasis being struck down and then so that you could rise again. I mean, what better human adventure than to be than to burn up and then rise again like a phoenix? You know, the story of the phoenix is something I really resonate with. I actually have a tattoo on my left arm of the phoenix rising from the ashes. You know, it, it's, it signifies or symbolizes rebirth and, you know, just regrowing. So, yeah, you do get knocked down and you can come back up. You know, you share a similar story as well when you went down and, you know, you're forced to come back and change everything in your life. When he told me this, it kind of freaked me out because even before my accident, I would watch YouTube videos of people that, that got hurt and came back against these impossible odds. And I remember thinking to myself, that's something to be. I'd like to be someone like that, someone that could inspire people, someone that could face these in- impossible odds. And I think you see this even in sports and movies. Everybody loves a comeback. We all root for the underdog. And we actually measure ourselves by the adversity that we're able to overcome in business, personal life, sports, you name it. So I think he said that we innately want problems in our life. Was that something he said? Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know if it's exactly problems. I think more better word might be challenges because what's the opposite to that? You have a very smooth and uneventful life. I was thinking about this the other days. Let's just say you were able to get whatever you want. And Alan Watts talks about this as well. You can have as many, you know, most guys would want beautiful women. So once you have all the beautiful women and all the cars and your life would just start feeling very unfulfilled. You'd have all these things and nothing to do with it. You know, so well, yeah, I think everything's relative. So if you had a life that was like that day in day out, after a while it would, be, it would become it would bland, be boring, and bland. Yeah, and that's why challenges are something that can actually you know keep us in check and keep us moving and creative and you know making life exciting and interesting and not just easy and you know whatever. Exactly. I think what you're referring to is the duality of life. You need the the sour to make the the sweet taste Love sweet. That saying, eh? Love it. Robert Bly would call it ashes. But basically, we want, to, we want that humiliation and that, that place of humility to proceed from. This is why we do things like 
so I played football, right? And in high school, one of the first things that you do is uh, when you're going to be on the varsity team is is uh, is like a rites of passage, right? In fact, you know this is very this is very primordial stuff. I mean, from our ancestors, from the practices of our the traditional societies, we've always given boys humility at a per, at a certain age to then introduce them into what it is to be whole. So you would turn about 14, 15 years old, you're starting to feel your bravado, you start getting inflated, and the older men in the society just understood that, well, it's time to take him down a little bit. You gotta, get, you gotta be brought down just a notch so that you, your, your strength, which, which is all the, all the bravado coming up in you, all the aggression coming up in you, can be placed in its appropriate place. You see, so uh, I, I use football as the example, but, you know, that's just one form of initiation that we either uh, choose to engage in or we draw to us. Your, your seven bullets was your initiation. It was your, it was your rites of passage to be a, a worthwhile contribution to society. Our, our, our elders don't give that to us anymore, so we go looking for it. We look for it in sports we look for it in military we look for it in women we look for it for it in, in any in selling drugs and uh and then finding out i'm just way too inflated <laughs> and, and i need to be knocked down when you saw those people go through that uh evolution you were also admiring the fact that they got knocked down that they were in the dirt there's something just there's something we we desire about that being knocked down in the dirt because, because innately, we know that that's where we can then grow again. This is really interesting that in ancient societies, the elders would humble the young men when their bravado is going out of whack. And judging by today's society, I think a lot of young men could use this. And, and maybe you I, and I could use I was about to it. say, I was like, oh, you could have really used the humbling back, a few years. Back, well, I, you know, the funny thing we is... We still set one up if, if, you know... No, no, I think I'm humbled. I'm 100% humbled. But... I probably could have used that in my earlier years when you know you're you know you're oh, look at you're a young brothers. man and you have hormones yeah, and you're thinking sure. and you just want to either fight or who knows what you're you're trying to be tough. But in, in these day and age, especially that you're not allowed to hit your kids. Or, sometimes or, it's hard to see when you're going through yourself. Like you feel like you're a know it all. Like you know, sometimes my little brother, I feel like you know, needs a humbling. You know, I would never do that to him. But you know, he's a good kid overall. But sometimes you know, yeah, he just thinks you you know, you're a kid. You're well, he's like his big brother, right? Do you think you could have used the humbling or? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been humbled many times in many different ways. Yeah. Now that I look back. Now thinking about it though, I think there's there's more value if it happens in your early fundamental years. So you get humbled instead of when you're 33 years old. Because is it by necessary that, by that, though? Do you think everyone needs a humbling? Do you think it's something that everyone needs? Because I know like we talked the last points about getting knocked down and coming back up. So like, does everyone need a humbling? I think I think the maybe the the, the amount of humbling that that, that you know, or the the magnitude or of the event uh, is depend upon the person. There's some people that so there's are gonna really, be a hum humbling scale. Absolutely. There's some people that you're a ten out of ten. You need something you need devastating. You know, I think I was pretty high on that on that list, and and maybe I didn't get humbled at fifteen. We'll have to come up I, with an app to had, rate your humbling, yeah. and then we'll send a humbler in, and we'll figure it out. Okay. Just, just to, for the betterment of society, especially with where we're going. I mean, the whole thing is to be spontaneous. The whole thing is to get out of your head, right? If you're living a very patterned life, very angular pattern life like most of us do, we get stuck. We get physically stuck and mentally stuck. So as your body becomes rigid and your mind becomes rigid, you know, we go to school and we get rigid, rigidified. Then we go into a very rigid world. Even though you are an entrepreneur per se, you still had a schedule. 
you still had a daily routine. You still had to be accountable to, ver to, to various boundaries. When we can allow our body to be free of those boundaries and we can be spontaneous in our own, in our own flesh, we access a type of form of intelligence that gets stifled by our very suppressed angular lives. The, do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of forms of dance and art are designed to allow you to be completely spontaneous in the movement. So people who do, uh, you know, draw mandalas or, or paint, you know, this is allowing them to express their, themselves in a nonlinear way. When you're talking about the, the moving around, the bouncing, the vibrating, the, 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 the verbal stuff, the sounds that's associated with some of the exercises I've taught, that's allowing yourself to move in a nonlinear way. You almost go into a trance. You can allow yourself to go into a trance through pattern interrupt because the ego is so attached to its rigid ideology and its rigid ways and its angularness. When you throw it off with something that kind of uh, that, uh, that causes you to have to react or respond spontaneously, you really wake up your mind and body. So we had a chance to try this bioenergetic breathing at the CE office. We, uh, we have a, a meeting every Wednesday and there's always some type of meditation. We all take turns bringing our own type of meditation, anything crazy. And we tried this and we had to jump around in moving in sporadic, uncalculated, uh, unrhythmic ways, which is, is totally odd. So you can't be like, it's not like you're dancing. You have to, you know, if you jump a couple times in a row, you can't jump on the third. You just move in a way that that is totally spontaneous. And this is supposed to increase creativity and and spontaneity. And I don't know if it did that. We only did it the one time, but everybody couldn't stop laughing. For sure, it increased like the the the, the morale that everybody was joking around. That it had a really good vibe afterwards. And I think more than anything, like routine is important in life. But you always have to break thing like add things into your routine that will break you off of the angular pattern, like Elliot puts it. Um, I think you talked a lot about that is just try and change it up a bit. Do something different. Go out of your comfort zone. You know, like Tony Robbins once at, a, at a, one of his big talks, there's a girl talking about this problems, this cycle she's been in. He grabbed a glass of water and poured it on her head. Just stopped her cold in her tracks, broke her out of that cycle. Okay, I, think then, I, I think I told you that story. Yeah, you did actually. Yeah. People think this is crazy because especially if you see videos of Elliot doing this online, it's absolutely nuts. Like there's times where he's kicking and screaming like a like a two-year-old in a temper tantrum. We'll saliva. send some links. We'll send some links in our email. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but at the same time, listen, when you meditate, what do you do? You, you control your body, you control your breathing, and your mind calms down. So would it be insane to, to, to suppose that you know, your, your mind follows suit of your body? So if you jump around spontaneously in, in a creative, unpatterned way, wouldn't that leach into, into your, your, your brain and your psyche and your, your imagination? Is that crazy? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Makes sense. He also mentions that, you know, when we're, we're children, we, we go through, you know, society's traps with parents, teachers, the media, everybody's telling us what to do, to Sit shut down, up. down, don't move. Exactly. So you got to think that, and, and you become, you know, you develop fear and you start to move in a certain way. I know I've become extremely rigid. I've been like that since I was a kid. And I believe that, I believe that the school system, this is a whole different topic, which we'll probably have another podcast on, but it's flawed. It's very flawed. And there's a, a video we just shared on our YouTube. Uh, no, sorry, on the Collective Evolution Facebook about in Finland, how they're changing that. Their school's going down to like three hours a day, letting kids play more and do the things they want to do and have more of a fluid, less rigid sort of sort of uh, school experience. And overall, they're one of the top ranked school systems in the world. Well, you're a perfect example of what's happening is where happiness is found. Because you're right. You, 
when you're knocked down and you could rise up the way you've risen up, it's because you weren't doing what your soul wanted you to do. You weren't doing what was really making you happy. You were told money makes you happy. So your ego believed it. But your soul knew better, and that's why you got knocked down to rise up again, and you took it like a champ, meaning that you've allowed what was happening to bring you the happiness. Instead of resisting it, you grew out of it. So my, my point is that if you're, if you're caught up in the ego's identification of what's going to make you happy, don't worry. Don't worry. You will be taught very quickly what it is that you're that you're not doing and what you should be doing right like i said for me it was uh it was a mood that came over me you know i, I don't want to say depressed but I, I knew something was wrong i could just feel it and i had to stop you you took seven bullets but either way that's where we had to go to find our happiness and i'm grateful for it we'll all have it we'll all get it well if, we're, if you're not living the life that you're meant to live you will be smacked down and if you're not smacked down hard You'll be smacked down with depression or anxiety. And you know what? You could take pills all you want, but then you're not really living. You're not really with what's happening because what's happening isn't clouded by the medication. Being with Collective Evolution, people obviously ask us a lot of times what their life purpose is, being that you know, me and Giovanni changed our lives and we're doing you know, something we love. And Ellie gets all the time and people ask him, you know what they should do and he he asked them what makes you happy and a lot of people disagree that you shouldn't do stuff that just makes you happy that that's kind of a, a self-centered way of living your life and he mentioned that find what where that charges find out what makes you happy and then do that because obviously that's your, your life well, purpose. at the least do more of that you know if, if you if you can't transition to stopping your job to go and you know maybe you like horses to go and groom horses or ride horses like don't drop everything you're doing and go try and find a job getting horses make a slow transition start getting more involved with the things you do and break away from your job in in the at the smallest sense you know exactly I mean? and there's a few disclaimers obviously if you're if you're a young kid and you're you're in your teens and i guess you're not really financially strapped, do what you're, yeah exactly. find out what you love as if money didn't exist yeah. do that you have and three then, kids you know let's put food on the table first and then try and you know transition to your passion that's yeah. what i would say anyway. and i'm sure some people would disagree with that they would say you know what you can find a way if you really love it you can give up a it's couple true. hours of sleep you can go back to school anything's possible it all depends on what your why is and how much willpower and and motivation you have towards achieving that goal. What I would share with regard to psychedelics is that I put it this way when people ask me. I've done about 10 years worth of bioenergetics and dynamic meditation breathing work. Lots of uh, nonlinear or rhythmic breathing work that has allowed me to go into altered states of consciousness and allow me to reintegrate immediately into society, bringing back the, the, the newly integrated, how you would say, shadow material, stuff that wasn't understood about myself, uh, ways of being that weren't accessed. It was, in my opinion, an experience far more potent an experience than ayahuasca. It took me a longer time to get to where I am with it. In other words, like bioenergetics and dynamic meditation would take, it could take years of unlayering is really what you're doing is you're, you're stripping off layers. And uh, the ayahuasca was like the same process, but done in five minutes and then went away. When it goes away, you're never the same, same thing with the, uh, with the meditation. 
my advice for the most part is begin with the altered states of consciousness that are available to you with simple breathing. Because you, with the discipline and the know-how, you can, you can get quite a bit done without having to, you know, it's very expensive, it's illegal, you know, like, I'm not saying not to do it, but like, not everybody has the opportunity to go to an ayahuasca journey, but you can, everybody does have the opportunity to, to reach altered states of consciousness and to reintegrate, uh, split off parts of their consciousness with deep breathing, bioenergetics and, and dynamic meditation. Do you know what that is exactly? Like, I've never tried bioenergetics before. Bioenergetics is what we talked about before, where Just you moving do that, breathing. the moving breathing techniques. And and are you in waking state? Like, or like when he talks about psychedelic experience, are you going to have like an actual psychedelic experience after you become an advanced bioenergetic practitioner or something like that? I believe he, he said he, he experienced a lot of the, the revelations that come with an ayahuasca experience. I, I don't think you're you're completely not tripping out or, or you're not hallucinating I'm see sure. i hear a lot of people that talk about so most people who don't or are afraid of ayahuasca think they can get there without it they think mm -hmm. they have so I, i'd be very curious to speak again about specifically about this with elliot but um if he's saying you can get to a similar state i believe it obviously where you have these revelations but from my own experiences through any meditation or breathing i've never got anywhere remotely close to some of the uh, i guess visual experiences with ayahuasca what and type then, of techniques have you tried to, to achieve that experience naturally. Well, the Wim Hof method where he talks about, you know, getting to these similar ayahuasca stages is almost like a hyperventilation. I've tried um, holotropic breath work. I did a session with that once where you, again, you hyperventilate, there's some music, it's dark, you know, but again, I never had those deep experiences like I did in ayahuasca. Like ayahuasca, it's like it just grabs you, shakes in, you in up. El, in Elliot Hulse's defense, he said it would take a few years of doing that so to I get would, to that point. That's so. what I'm saying. I've never experienced it. So it'd be, I'd be curious to compare the two. Like how similar are they? You know, is it a similar feeling or is it like exactly similar 100%? The name of your site is Collective Evolution, which is, which is a beautiful idea. But really it begins with individual evolution. Right. So in other words, we're not going to grow together if, if, if individually we aren't growing. Right. And as individuals grow, you're by yourself. And it depends on what type of environment you're in, what kind of work you're in. But if you're committed to your own evolution, you're going to feel alone because there are those that aren't committed to evolving. You see, or their opinion of what your evolution, which is the silliest thing, you, you're going to give me your opinion about how I should be evolving. Well, that's wonderful, right? When you are firm in your conviction, you're firm, you're happy, right? And you're and you know your purpose, like the things we were talking about before. Your evolution is just inevitable, and it is your responsibility to just roll with it. And those who can't roll with you will just roll off. You see what I'm saying? It's not, it's not your job to keep to make it collective. You can't force the collective. All you can do is work on yourself, back to what we talked about before. If you're becoming a stronger version of yourself, then you will allow other people, but you can't force other people. Now, if the people in your family or the people that watch YouTube videos are, are not up to speed with the evolution, well, that's okay. They're, and they're going to proceed from their level of evolution. If their level of evolution uh, creates judgment and, um, and hatred or whatever it is in their hearts, that's okay. But you got to realize... They're, they're at a lower level. They, it's, it, there's, I don't want to sound like it's a hierarchy, but look, if that's the type of behavior you're ex exhibiting towards someone who you, who you at one point may have admired but now don't understand, then it says a lot about you.
And I'm not interested in if I have to convince you and I got to pull you up with me, that's way too much work. I'd much rather, like your website is called, be a part of what's happening, the collective. And when you're evolving, you're, it's, but it, this, this is how it makes sense to me. You're going to collect the people that are evolving. So it's not like collective evolution means, hey, guys, let's go all do it. It's like, no, I'm evolving and I collect to me those who are evolving also. You become a stronger magnet for those who are more in alignment with where you are and who you are. And the rest, let them say, let them chew up their gums. Let them say what they want. It's cool. God bless them. They'll probably figure it out eventually, too. That's the funniest thing. When at first you, you show up with a low level of consciousness and then later wake up. I have people say that all the time to me. And not to say that, that they owe me anything, but they'll say, man, Elliot, when I first watched your video, I thought you were nuts. They've always thought I was nuts. I am nuts from the beginning. I thought you were crazy. But then all of a sudden, one day I woke up. You said something and... Boom, they woke up. So now, and then they go back and they say, now I like everything you said. Well, it wasn't up to me to, to, to change your heart, but it was up to me to say the things that I had to say and be who I am. And if, you're, and, and if you stick around long enough, there's a good chance you might wake up. <laughs> so I think we both can relate to this. You know, when you start, I hate the word hate, absolutely hate the word awakening. But when you start to feel different and you start to think about things differently, your perspective changes and you... You know, you open up to simple things from meditation to different well, I think diets. it comes from the fact that you were sleeping previously, right? Like you were unaware sleep. Anyways, I think on. it just, it, it sounds sounds mysterious and mystical. Mystified, like there's some type yeah, of magic or something. Yeah, yeah. All it is is you just start thinking a little differently. That's that's all it is. We'll just, we'll just Consciousness call, we'll call it a spade a spade. You open yeah. up, yeah. Exactly. So people start treating you a little different. You know, you, when, you, when you, you get excited, like you learned about some new meditation practice, you want to tell someone that you just bump into at the, I don't know, the grocery store. Well, for me, it was, it was when I went vegetarian because I couldn't really hide it. You know, like if, if you start thinking differently, you don't have to talk to people about it. But when, you're, when you go vegetarian, for me, it was like, you go to someone's house, you don't eat meat, you got to tell them why. I so do you remember the first time you told someone that or oh, someone absolutely. close to you and they they're th like, huh? They thought I was, they thought I was crazy. A, more, a lot of people, Italian background, not eating meat. Um, but it, it's... It's something that I think is a lot easier now to talk about, and it's it's people are embracing change a lot more. I don't know if it's the internet. I feel like just in the last couple of years, so many people are open. I'll see a Facebook post that I'll put that I, like three or four years ago we got murdered for. Now it's like really balanced. There's people on both sides arguing it. I had a similar experience. You know, people thought I was crazy at first, but then they look at me and say, "Like you look different. You look happier. Your eyes look clear. Your just your energy is is, is is a little different." And they said, "I want to feel different." They, they noticed, you know, people. Were, I noticed people were gaining weight. People were uh, depressed, and people were drinking more. And I, I'd mention my hook is really meditation. I think meditation is really easy, and it's kind of somewhat acceptable, mainstream accepted. Yeah, yoga, meditation, these are all sort of entry points, I think. And I think my best advice is don't be afraid of what other people are going to think. You'll attract the right people into your life. Just be who you are. Speak your mind. And a lot of the time, the people might judge you at first, but they'll probably be really curious to ask you questions about your journey. That's what happened with me when I was just sharing all kinds of crazy stuff on Facebook. No one would comment, no one would like, but when I see people in public, like, oh my God, I, that, that post you said what, about this, you know, they start being all curious. So you know they're listening and you know they're curious. Yeah, and like Elliot said, you know, our name Collective Evolution, he said, uh, you know, we're not trying to collectively change anybody to, to, to evolve. We're just trying to collect people that seem to be on the same frequency and as we you. Welcome. we and welcome people with open minds. Absolutely, and people that, that just... Yeah, just that's it's just that simple. Just to be open-minded to, to new idea. It doesn't mean we have to agree with each other. Obviously, you're uh, a vegetarian, and I follow the the bulletproof paleo type diet. 
but it doesn't mean that we have to argue to the death. You can just, I, I'll listen to your points, you listen to mine, and maybe we'll uh, agree or, or agree to disagree. We probably, uh, more of the, the latter. But as long as the, the conversation is open for open dialogue. And it's not judgmental, I, it's not angry, it's not, you know, like who's right, who's wrong. Exactly. Don't start yeah. slamming people on Facebook polls. That, that's, that's bullshit. Just, just speak your mind and uh, listen as well. I feel like I need to thank Elliot on behalf of myself and all the other people that are trying to grow and try new things. A lot of the time, experiencing growth takes people to a place that they may not feel comfortable and even feel embarrassed. Elliot oozes authenticity and he's proud to be real even if it means putting himself out there screaming and crying, all the while knowing that millions of people are going to see this. Would you do this? No, I know I wouldn't. I think we should support people that break down barriers and take risks to further human consciousness. And as a quote from T.S. Eliot goes, only those who risk going too far can possibly know how far one can go. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you haven't subscribed already, subscribe to our email list when you get a chance. We send out weekly emails with cutting edge info that we curate from some of the most interesting people. We do all the heavy lifting and we get you a concentrated dose of valuable info.